Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Something About Sports right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Roger Sierra. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to combine two themes that everybody seems to love on this particular podcast. We're going we're gonna to combine sports and everybody's favorite conspiracy theories. That's right. Today, we are going over some of the biggest sports-related conspiracy theories that any one of you guys have ever heard. Now, conspiracy theories and salacious rumors are just, a, just as prevalent in sports, both professional and college, as they are in the world of politics and entertainment. Whether your team lost on a strange last call, last play, or the team that you bet on that you thought was a lock took a dive, the money, the competitive nature of the sport makes it a natural breeding ground for unsustainable myths to take hold. There are tons of sports conspiracy theories floating around there, but which ones do you truly believe in? From sexy sports scandals to Michael Jordan's quote-unquote flu game and more than a few boxing matches that ended very suspiciously, there are sports conspiracy theories for almost every type of sport and every big game you can think of. So what we're going to talk about today are the craziest sports theories, urban legends, and rumors that take place in the world of sports. Uh, Chip, you want to kick us off tonight? Uh, yeah, I sure will. Uh, we're going to talk about the 1972 U.S. basketball team getting robbed. Uh, so this was obviously before I was alive, but I've heard a ton about it. Um, sure. <clears throat> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, young buck. Uh, so one of the most controversial endings in sports history, the U.S. men's basketball basketball team lost to the Soviet team in the finals of the 1972 Olympics with Russia getting three chances to score a winning bucket. A combination of unclear rules, seemingly random clock stoppages, and bizarre referee decisions gave the Soviet team enough chances to win 51-50, to kicking off 40 years of accusations and denials with the American team never having accepted their silver medals. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, again, this was way before my time, too. Um, 14 years before my time. So, you know, didn't really know much about this when it happened. This was like um, 30 years before Roger's time, though. <laughs> right. It literally was um, 20 years before I was born. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> that being said, though, um, and if you think about it, I mean, it was the, it was the, it was the nineteen seventy two Olympics, and let's be honest, the nineteen seventy two Olympics. I think there was some far more serious situations for that particular Olympics going on than the U.S. basketball team getting robbed. If I'm not mistaken, that was uh, that was the that was the one in Germany, correct? Nineteen seventy two, the one that was in Germany, and that's when um, there was like a hostage situation with the Israeli team. Um, uh, and the ESPN did a thirty for thirty on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. The seventy-two Olympics was at the Munich uh, Olympic Stadium. Munich. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Roger, how are you feeling about this one? I mean, we don't lose in basketball, so it's kind of suspicious. <laughs> yeah, right. this was the first time that the U.S. team had lost since entering the Olympics in 1936. Yes, last um, we don't lose in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Who all? 
Weird question, but who all was on that 1972 uh, team? 72? Uh, yeah, 1972. This was still when I used college players. Uh, yeah. 1972 Basketball Olympics. Um, man, I really don't know on that one. Team USA 1972. There you go. Oh, let's see. Huh. That's strange. It's not uh, sure what's strange. The, the 72 U.S. team consisted of Mike Bantam, Jim Brewer, Tommy Burleson, Doug Collins, Kenny Davis, James Forbes, Tom Henderson, Bobby Jones, Dwight Jones, Kevin Joyce, Tom McMillan, and Ed Ratliff. Hmm. In the illustrious words of my good friend Roger Sierra, who? Exactly. I don't know any of those guys. Nope. Uh, Mike Bantam played for St. Joseph University. Jim Brewer played for the University of Minnesota. Tom Burleson played for North Carolina State. Doug Collins played for Illinois State. Kenny Davis played for Georgetown. James Forbes played for the University of Texas at El Paso. Uh, Tom Hernand or Tom Henderson, sorry, played at San Juancito College. Bobby Jones played at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Dwight Jones played University of Houston. Kevin Joyce was from the University of South Carolina. Tom McMillan was from the University of Maryland at College Park. You know, UMC. <laughs> So, uh, so Dwight Jones was actually uh, ejected from the game as being an altercation. Yeah. Um, he was also selected uh, ninth overall, nineteen seventy three, for the Hawks, where he played for eleven years. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, funny thing about that is that that's the only game that was within ten points. Um, the U.S. blew out every team by more than ten points. Yeah, they beat Czechoslovakia 66 to 35, Australia 81 55, Cuba 67 48, uh, Brazil 67 54, Egypt 96 to 31. Good lord. That's not even uh, worse. Nope. Uh, Spain 72. Yeah, if that happens to, nowadays, you get fired. <laughs> right. Uh, they beat Spain 72 to 56, beat Japan 99 to 33, uh, they beat Italy 68 38. And lost to the Soviet Union, fifty-one to fifty. I mean, we say lost, but well, I mean, I guess by by technical terms, they lost. But uh, all, all in all, uh, it, it seems like the game was thrown uh, by the the uh, the refs. Yeah. Yeah. Been been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I mean who was that Tim Donald Tim Donnelly is that the that the uh, the the refer the NBA referee that actually officiated games because he was betting on them and he like le- legit like made like co- would call certain fouls or get certain players ejected just so that he could keep his bets in line or whatever. Uh, I I remember hearing something about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 
this um yeah uh <clears throat> so uh on another article from Bleacher Report it says that with three seconds left on the clock Russia tried to inbound the ball twice the ball was deflected twice leading the U.S. to believe that it had won the game however the clock still had one second remaining in the game at this point, a quote-unquote high-ranking international basketball official said the clock had not been reset after the second inbound pass, and he gave Russia a full three seconds on the clock. Russia inbounded the ball, used the additional time to score a game-winning layup, causing the U.S. team and American fans to believe that the game had been rigged. Yeah. I mean, it definitely sounds like it, it was... It definitely sounds like it. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely does. So, um, Doug Collins on that team was the first overall pick for the 76ers. Um, he's also the, uh, Brenda, stop running. He's the, uh, coach for Chicago Bulls, Detroit, and Washington, and the 76ers. He's also an analyst now. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, right. He coached. He coached Jordan for a couple years. Okay. Where at? With the Bulls or? Uh... Yeah, the Bulls. Okay. From '86 to '89, so literally before they got uh. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, that being said, how apropos that the very next one we're going to talk about is involving a referee that we just mentioned. This one is entitled, The NBA is Totally Rigged. Ever since NBA referee Tim Donnelly uh, went public with his involvement in gambling and on influencing the outcome of games, sports writers and fans have had concrete evidence to back up what they've suspected all along, that the league is rigged to allow the best teams to make the most money with lucrative playoff series being extended and star players being earmarked for for, uh, major franchises. It was Donnelly who first out who stated outright that the infamous game six of the 2002 Western conference finals was fixed to win to extend the series and keep the Los Angeles Lakers alive. Of course, Donnelly himself has put himself in a position to profit from this rigging, selling betting tips and keeping himself in the news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now he went to AEW. <laughs> Why did I not know that you were going to say that about it? Anyway, um, do you guys remember when this story broke back in back in uh, back in the day? I mean, I knew it from when I watched uh, the game against the uh, Kings and the Lakers. And I was like 10 at the time. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, you know, that they were 100% sure. I mean, even even before you see that, like, I mean, because all they really had was Shaq and Kobe. All the Lakers had was Shaq and Kobe. I mean, yeah, they had Rick Fox. They had they had Rick Fox. They had, you know, a couple of other players on the team. Samari Walker, all, I think, was still young on that team. And, all, hold you know, on. Of, all they had was Shaq and Kobe? With some players. I'm talking about... <laughs> No, no, I'm talking about in terms of star power. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you look at anybody else on that team, you know, they were they were role players, but Kobe and Shaq were the two superstars on that team. No, Derek Fisher you was know? given the game-winning shot more than once during that playoffs. 
I mean, Robert Ory also give, got big shots too, you know. But that's what I'm not, never, nevertheless, I'm not trying to argue the validity of the, the, the team. What I'm trying to say is, is that with, with the Sacramento Kings, especially in 2002, like this was a team that everyone said, okay, this team is the team that's going to beat the Lakers. You had Vladdy Divac, you had Chris Weber, uh, you know, Doug Christie, you had uh, uh, Peja Stoyakovich, you know, Mike Bibby. Like these guys were like, I mean, they were on the cover of Slam Magazine as being proclaimed the future of the NBA. You know, like these are the guys who are going to lead the NBA into the next, you know, frontier, you know. Um, but they ran into Shaq and Kobe and them Laker teams. Um, but even with the the with with with, with the Tim Donnelly situation, it kind of makes you sit back and think, huh, if Tim Donnelly didn't officiate those games, would the outcome be different? Would the Kings have beaten the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals? Yes. You know, that 2002, that means that they would have went on to play the Nets. The, the, the New Jersey Nets, and who knows what could have happened. So, but then again, but then you think, okay, if this, if he admitted that in 2002, what about 2001? What about the year 2000? Was well, he, he also doing dirty shit back then too? Yes. He said he, for his, pretty much his whole career. So if that's the case, I mean, the whole entire game, you know, I mean, because you think around that time, 2002, 2001, 2000, you know, 99 to 2001, that was the three-peat for the Lakers that year, you know? Um, so, like, what, what the fuck? You know, like, the entire the entire NBA season could have been completely different had he not been doing what he was doing, you know? Um, what's a, what's a you, Chip? Uh, I mean, dude was dirty, but... At the same time, I can't say that the Lakers were trash. You know, um, I, I didn't say the Lakers were trash. I just felt like the Kings were the next team that were good, that was going to be, if any team could beat them, it would be the Kings. You know, and due to dirty officiating, you know. I mean, maybe, you know? maybe. Uh, I mean, the Spurs could have beat them. Uh, the Spurs got robbed too. Yeah, there you go. The Mavericks. I mean, the the Spurs and the Mavericks had uh, better records than the Kings. You know, right? Uh, but I mean, dude was dirty. I I, I would say he's still fucking dirty. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's no way you're gonna tell me otherwise. Like, I, I believe that dude is still dirty to this day. Right, and it's so. It's surprising that they haven't. Yeah. I was just say it's so apropos that he uh, is is the referee in a fixed sport. <laughs> I mean, not not knock. Hello, who is it? It's irony. How are you? You know. <laughs> but anyway, that being said, um, we're gonna move on to the next one. Rod, you got it. Uh yeah, I can I can get the next one. Um, so number three is uh, the Patrick Ewing frozen envelope conspiracy. Uh, so one of the most popular rumors in NBA history is that the Patrick Ewing frozen envelope theory is that the league rigged the 1985 lottery draft 
um, to get the biggest college star to the team in the biggest market, which was a flailing franchise that desperately needed a superstar. Uh, NBA commissioner David Stern has always laughed off the rumor that it fixed the lottery in New York getting the first pick in 1985. It's just one of the many long shots draft lottery happenings, all of which are are next to impossible to prove. But if you actually watch the video of him pull the envelope out, he grabbed another envelope first and then like randomly chucks it out of the way to grab the one underneath, which still happens to be New York. Um, the theory is that it was colder than all the other ones, so he knew which one to feel for, because he actually doesn't look in the um, thing. He just randomly grabs it and then pulls something out. Right. That's crazy. Uh, th- crazy the fact that, you know, you know, I mean, you, I mean, I know that they pinpointed the Patrick Ewing uh, frozen envelope uh, entry on this list, but there's a lot of people who believe that the entire lottery system, the, the draft lottery, is rigged. Um, and the only reason why the lottery was even implemented in, in the beginning was back in the 1970s, Philadelphia 76ers tanked their season, um, I think 72 to 73 or 73 to 74, I can't remember which two years it was. Um, it, may have been, it may have been late 60s, early 70s. It was one of them two uh, decades. But um, because they tanked, they said, well, we need to get you, we, we need to make this more of a fair and balanced uh, system. So that's when they implemented the draft lottery um but i mean but just because you enter the draft lottery that doesn't necessarily mean unless you have the worst record you get the the best right you know odd, i mean yeah you get the best odds of getting the number one pick but you don't always get the number one pick unfortunately um unless you're cleveland <laughs> right uh let's see lebron james anthony bennett kyrie irving uh, Andrew Wiggins, like we can go on and on um, with that. Um, I mean, definitely, I, I would say within the last 20 years, definitely people would say, oh, the 2003 um, uh, draft was rigged because Cleveland got the number one overall pick, the number one player coming out of not, you know, the number one player coming out of, you know, high school, because this was back when you could still jump to the NBA from high school instead of having to do the one-and-done seasons in college, um, you know, you you know, it was LeBron James, the kid from Akron, Ohio, who was always, you know, wanting to play, you know, and that was kind of like a, yeah, like you didn't see that coming? Come on now. So, all right. Chip, what do you think about this one, Bubba? Uh, so I, I, I literally just watched the video, and it's so funny because they throw all these envelopes into the uh, – this clear like plastic orb and you see David Stern walk over and he reaches in and you see him fumble for just a second and he grabs an envelope throws another envelope to the side at the same time as pulling this envelope out it looks 100% rigged uh I mean brother can deny it all he wants the the, the proof is in the pudding because if you'd have just reached in and grabbed the the top one, uh, it, it wouldn't have been the Knicks. Like not, not even that, even not even the first one. Because he he pulled, I mean, he pushed like two out of the way, which makes it even more suspicious. Like exactly. it, I can understand not doing the top one. Oh, if I just grabbed the top one, people are thinking, oh, that's gonna be. But like, push that one out of the way, grab that one. But no, like he's like, nope, no again, this one. Like, right. oh, come on, man. 
<laughs> like it's yeah. so obvious and he smiles like his face like he like you can tell he's yeah. like oh yes this which one. a lot of people in terms of like yeah. commissioners in the leagues and things of that nature um you know people didn't really care for uh for david stern a lot in terms of him being a coach i don't think he was as hated i don't think he's as he was as hated as roger goodell um but no he'll never be that hated, oh, he'll but never be that they, hated. a lot of people say man adam silver's Adam Silver right now is probably in all sports. He's probably considered one of the best commissioners in all of sports, basketball, baseball, hockey. Um, Cause if I'm not mistaken, hockey, Gary Bettman is still the commissioner and he's, he went through a lot of bullshit, especially with the, with the strike that took place many years ago. Um, I kind of... Yeah, but he's, I mean, hockey's, I, I don't think he's has hated it anymore. Cause I mean, hockey's, yeah super exciting again like he's still allowing oh yeah i mean the only thing he's changed is really boarding because i mean yeah, yeah that is really dangerous but other than that he still allows yeah. the maybe be the maybe be less fight, uh, so. maybe be less restricting on uh offside you know what never mind I'm not, we'll get into hockey one day eventually on this program um I yeah mean, i was like i can <laughs> spill into hockey but i mean the offside rule is i think it's fair I think it's fair yeah. it's like soccer pretty much that's what i'm saying i mean but, uh, but they call it the well, worst possible time you know is what yeah, i'm saying telling you know, and you can't say that they don't, that they, that they don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't I mean, worst possible time, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> just don't be outside, man. That's all it is. <laughs> Were you fixing to say something? Chip? Uh, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned, uh, current, current NBA commissioner, Adam Silvers. Um, uh, he's actually under mm. fire right now. Uh, for the LeBron issue for the LeBron issue. Yeah. yeah about you LeBron heard about that one. Yeah. A um, benefit to a, yeah, a public event. He went to a public event. Brand and it was like it was against protocol to do so. Um, like unless you got have like your vaccination card or whatever like that. Um, and to my knowledge, LeBron still hasn't you know taken a vaccination, which is his right. You know if he chooses not to. Um, well, I, I will say that that LeBron, anytime he's asked about. Um, whether he has or has not or will or will not get the vaccination, he he has the same answer. And I think it's the best answer that anybody can give. Uh, he literally says, uh, that's a conversation between me and my family. I would prefer to keep my medical prowess uh, yeah, which, which it should personal, be. you know. So um, speaking of which, as of... A couple of hours ago, this happened today. Um, a couple, not even two hours yet from when we're recording this, NBA has announced on Tuesday that it has issued a fifty thousand dollar fine against Dallas Mavericks players Christoph Porzingis for violating the league's COVID nineteen rules by visiting a club over the weekend. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so you know, <laughs> if we're if we're gonna say that we're playing favoritisms, which I'm not saying that's what's happening. Um, but you, you have, I would say, the biggest star in the NBA. He breaks league protocol and nothing is done. Other players throughout the entire season have been suspended. Um, as a matter of fact, current LA Lakers player Dennis Schroeder has been suspended for a while. For- for doing the exact same thing that LeBron did. Well, the uh, spokesperson, the spokeslady, 
for uh, the NBA said LeBron briefly attended an outdoor event related to an individual commercial activity where everyone was either required to be vaccinated or return a negative COVID test. And the league reviews each potential protocol violation on a case-to-case basis and determines quarantines and imposes discipline based on the individual facts and circumstances of each matter. As in, we pick mm-hmm. and choose who says yes yep. or no. Exactly. Oh. Like The thing is, like the negative COVID test stuff we've seen before doesn't matter. No. Because you can be negative at that time and literally get the antibodies or whatever it is like right after that and then be yeah. contagious. Yeah. I mean, there was a report that just came out today that uh, from the CDC, and I know I know we're talking sports, but it's kind of on along the same lines. Uh, 10,000 fully vaccinated people have tested positive for COVID since the vaccination has been available. Yeah, but I think it's because they never had it before. Like, that's the thing with vaccine. People think it's going to be an automatic cure. No, it's to help your body be able to get rid of it yeah, faster. It's no different than the damn flu shot. It. Correct. It's literally no different than the damn flu shot. Yeah, it's, yeah and then people are trying to use that as an excuse. It's like, I guess people don't know what vaccines are. Oh, they know so what they are. Don't. They just don't want to take, you know what? Don't go there, Talon. Let's just, let's continue. Because uh, <laughs> we will go on a whole rant that's not about sports, and this is a, this is something about sports. So, that being said, let's move on to the next one. Right. Yep. on to the next one. <laughs> yep, let's move on to the next one. The next one is absolutely Yo, hilarious. <laughs> uh, and I remember when this, the, yes, yes. Speaking of LeBron, we're going to talk about the time that Delonte West apparently hooked up with LeBron James's mom. <laughs> so one of the strangest rumors to hit pro sports in recent years is that former Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers player Delonte West was carrying on an affair with LeBron James's mother. And that when it came to light, it destroyed the team and ended West's NBA career. The source of the rumor was an email that started going around the day after the club Cavs were eliminated from the 2010 NBA playoffs by the Boston Celtics. As with almost all chain emails, its original source is lost to history, with the whistleblower being anyone from a contractor at the Cavs home arena to a relative of LeBron James to some guy somebody knew. The fact that it was impossible to attribute also made it impossible to kill. And it went from chain email to national news in just a week. Since then, LeBron James left and then went back to Cleveland, while West bombed out of the NBA and started playing in China. Well, we actually know that he actually didn't do that. Because remember what happened last year? When, yeah, you know, and Mark Cuban uh, put him up. Yeah. Yeah. He helped yeah, and he, which is great now because he's actually gotten better. Um, it's starting to look healthier and is um better in his life right now uh mark cuban didn't have to do that and he did which is hell, how, yeah. you know yeah, hell yeah i have all the respect in cuban the world for mark cuban i mean yeah he's out there he's the jerry jones of the nba but i mean shit, the, the... no he's not even a jerry jones right he actually treats <laughs> well, i'm just talking about it. in terms of personality an owner with a personality that's what that's what i mean well, I mean, he's a he's a TV personality guy still because I mean he still does like right. Shark Tank and stuff like that. So I mean, and he, he does. I mean, he comes <laughs> right. out in WWE all the time. So I mean, he does. Hey, he's he a personality. A, but he's, he took a spear through a, t- a I mean, table. He's a young, so, smart you know, guy. Props to him. Um, 
Right. Took an RKO. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Mark Cuban. I used to watch, and still do sometimes, but I used to religiously watch Shark Tank because I think a lot of those inventions are. Are, are pretty freaking cool. They are. I actually got one myself, but I need to like make a prototype right. to make it make sense. Hey, but let's get back right. on the top of Delonte West uh, um, hooking up <laughs> with LeBron's mom. Um, so, and it says right here, it says it pretty much you know destroyed his career and it destroyed the team basically. Um, but look, that was 2010. Boston was still. Did Boston win that year, or did the Lakers win that year? 22, uh, 2010. 2010. That was the Celtics. Was it the Celtics? I thought. I thought the. I thought the Celtics. I thought the Celtics. I thought the Celtics won 2009. Oh, the Lakers won 2010, and the Mavs won 2011. You're right. I yeah. always get because it was because two, yeah because that was when Kev, uh, Kevin Garnett was screaming anything's possible like the emotion that came out of him that uh, night um, because that was when that yeah yeah. 20, 2010 was uh, yeah. the Lakers. The Lakers. Yes. 2008 um, was but, the and that's when LeBron had left, you know, made the decision to go to Miami. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I do find it ironic, though, that it says the original source was lost in history with the whistleblower being anybody. I doubt it would be a home, a, a contractor for the Cavs. A relative of LeBron James kind of makes the most sense. Um the fact that I mean it was <laughs> it made me think of that song. It's one of my favorite songs by the game. Uh it's not my it's not my favorite favorite, but it's one of my favorites. And it's the song uh Martians vs. Goblins. In the third verse, game said, um then I hit LeBron's mom and Bron Bron's co- uh, coop with Delante West tape and we had bonbons too, or something like that. I was like Wow! Like even it, when it reached the world of hip hop, and they're even mentioning it, mentioning it, like man, how do you <laughs> just imagine if you're LeBron James and you found out that a, one of your teammates was banging your mom? Like that's got to be awkward as hell, man. <laughs> you know, you know, Delonte was. If I was Delonte was, I would have been like, "Hey, shut up, boy! I can be your daddy." What? the fuck you say <laughs> you know then that's gonna start a whole fight and i can understand why yeah his career didn't last too long after after that um but yeah this this one this one's it's funny but at the same time it's like uh, man <laughs> but anyway yeah uh i mean hell it could have been delante you know West what it could started have been. the rumor yeah, we that, never know I mean, we, we may never know. Lost in history. Lost in we history. never know. <laughs> yeah, it it it. I find it funny how uh, we can put uh, a man on the moon, but you know, we we can lose where an email came from. That shit don't yeah. make sense. Well, you gotta remember this was early two thousands, uh, where it didn't really matter. Like they didn't really keep a hold of that stuff. I say early two thousand, was two thousand ten. But remember how crappy the email stuff was back then. I mean, apparently it's still crappy. You know, yeah. just, just yeah. ask we Hillary found, Clinton. We found, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we not talk. We're trying to keep this non-political. Can we not talk about the Benghazi incident right now? Can we just? I mean, I know I know a lot of people still give a shit about it, but let's just not talk about that right now. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Um, the hand of Mara, the head of Maradona, or the hand of God, was the most infamous goal in world soccer history. Diego Maradona's infamous hand of God goal in the, in the nineteen eighty six World Cup against England, actually punched in by Argentinian. What was it actually punched in by the Argentinian striker? Maradona has, in his usual style, fanned the flames of the controversy while subsequently photographic evidence has shown uh, pretty clearly that Maradona palmed the ball in, meaning it should have not counted. It shouldn't have been counted. But it did, and thus the legend is born. Do you guys know of this, the hand hand of God uh, goal? Yes. All right. So. Yes. Right. Of course, Roger does. Roger. So, Roger, <laughs> elaborate. Elabora- you you probably have more of a it more of a uh, um an interest. Not won't say we don't have interest, but you have probably more knowledge of the sport of soccer than me and Chip do. Um, exactly what this uh I mean, was. It was a game during the World Cup, so I mean. Now go ahead, like explain like the situation. I mean, it's the World Cup, so. Uh, he was running with the ball. <laughs> he or they passed him the ball it was a long pass. Um, he got past the defenders. The ball bounced up. The goalie was coming up to him, and he jumps up and puts his hand on his forehead and sort of pushes the ball past the goalie into the goal. Um, and literally, all the defenders and the goalie are like up in arms, saying he pushed it in with his hand. And the referee's like, "No, doesn't matter." I mean the. But I mean, Mar- Maradona was actually pretty. I mean, he was one of the best. But like, it doesn't. That's something like that as a stunt doesn't surprise me. I mean, this was a guy that literally uh, used to do lines <laughs> of coke before games, and no, like he literally did. And there was one point to where he got drug tested because after scoring one goal, he ran up to the cameras and you can see how badly dilated his eyes were. So they drug tested him. Wow, and he was high on coke. This... Yeah. Oh wow! So uh, I, you just watched I, it. I'm sorry. I, I literally just watched it while you were explaining it, and I mean, he 100 hit that with his hand. Yeah, like there's no way you can. He said, "No, I hit it with my head." No, well, bro, you well, literally the, put your the, hand. The, in your the, head the, and the image, it. the Getty image that uh, that I'm looking at right now is the stock photo that they're using for the uh, the entry. Looking at this photo, I can clearly tell that his hand is touching the the soccer ball. Like, like ball. I yeah. mean, like yeah. <laughs> that seems to me that's more rigged for Argentina to beat England. Like, oh, soccer's extremely rigged. Like, soccer's probably one of oh, the I'm worst sure it is. rigged sports. I'm sure it is. But I mean, but who's this? I mean, that's crazy. The fact that they, yeah, I know everybody. But, Everybody gives wrestling shit for for being uh, quote unquote rigged, uh, but, but I think all, if not all, most sports are are rigged in, I believe in all, some way or another. I believe majority of sports are rigged. 
Um, there's some that are still whole and not been tainted by like you know mafia presence or just gambling. That was issues. A, that was a, there was a um, I think it was uh, Ricky Morton who told us this. Um, we did a show up in uh, Mattery, North Carolina that uh, Ricky was on, and somebody had said something about you know something to do with sports. I can't remember if it was football or basketball, but Ricky told us a story about how he knew a guy who played in the NFL who told him, now this could be Ricky just bullshitting with us, but it makes sense when he's, when he, when he's telling the story, he said that, that the guy told him when you are a multi-billion dollar company, everything is controlled. And that makes and, and that makes sense. I mean, you. I mean, if you, you right. Yeah. I mean, sports a is a business, you know. So, you know, I mean, yeah. Obviously, you don't. But then people it's like, well, if sports is such a business, then why are teams allowed to be shitty? And you know, like, why would you like? Why why not have a little bit more? You know, diversity or a little bit more uh, parity among you know the the teams. You know, because I mean, well, I mean, you got to you you got to play to your your major markets, as they call them. You know, Houston, Miami, New York, L.A., Chicago. Um, you know, stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, here yeah, and there. I, yeah, I wouldn't say Chicago is a a major market. I, it was in the nineties. For sure, but I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't say I mean, that it is. I mean, in, I mean the, the know, Chicago Bears, maybe not the Bulls so much anymore. The Blackhawks, the Blackhawks are, you know, still, uh, you know, an amazing franchise. Um, I mean, the, the the Cubs and the White Sox, the the, the you know the, the rivalry, you know, to for control of Chicago. I mean, and especially we all we all know how clean the sport of baseball is. Uh, so, um, but anyway. Uh, so that being said, Roger, we're going to move on to you for the next one. I guess so. Um, I'll get to talk about... I don't know why y'all find that funny. I don't know why that's funny to y'all. Because <laughs> <laughs> it bugs you so the, much? It's the way he says it, though. Man, he, bro, he's like, oh, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't uh, have a gun to your head or anything. Shit. <laughs> not that they can see. Just read the blurb shit. But, uh, all right. So the next entry we have is <clears throat> the Lakers were kept alive by the NBA. So well, there sure is a lot of. Basketball, basketball on this. <laughs> My thing is like it's pretty much went hand in hand with like the second one, so I don't know why this one was. Uh, you you want to jump separately. to the next one then? No, I mean we can. I can talk about this one, but uh, it did he? Oop! Just went away for a somebody second. Grubbing. What is that in the background? <laughs> yeah, somebody's over there eating something or something going on. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be quiet. Aluminum <laughs> foil. <laughs> No, it's just a plastic bag. <laughs> oh, he making you a hat. Yeah, it sounds like you're he making a you a hat or something. <laughs> I mean, I got to keep my brain waves from being intercepted by right? the five G waves. Uh, but number six, um, 
did the NBA conspire to keep the Los Angeles Lakers from getting knocked out of the NBA finals, uh, NBA playoffs, sorry, in 2002? Um, well, according to Donahue, yes. But um, game six of the series has Wiley been accused of being rated in order to keep TV ratings high. And on the surface, it's plausible. A rash of free throws coming off of questionable fouls gave the Lakers the chance to build an insurmountable lead while forcing Sacramento, uh, forcing top Sacramento players out of the game. However, the Lakers still had to actually hit the free throws, something even a crooked ref can't do. Also, it was only game six with no guarantee that the Lakers would win in game seven. So two things about game six. One of the free throw attempts um, came from when Mike Bibby got elbowed in the face and he got called for yep. the foul. And then um, they fouled out Peja really quickly in the game so he couldn't guard Shaq because he was actually being able to maintain Shaq here and there. I mean, yeah, that's when they talk about taking out the best players. And also didn't well, Weber Chris got Weber fouled, got fouled yeah, out too. Him and Peja it. both got fouled out. Like and Divac yeah. was like five. Yeah, Divac was at least five in the face. fouls deep in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like we could literally do a whole episode of. There's a thirty for thirty on it, isn't there? I think. I believe there was. Yeah, like there's been like super strong attention given to this game because of how bad it, like blatant it was, even to like regular people in the stadium. Because it wasn't the fans booing, even the Lakers fan booing. Because yes. they knew it was bullshit. Yeah, they it knew was, it was it bullshit. Was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculously how bad it was. But um, I mean, NBA, like we talked about, any sport where that has high profile and a lot of money going through it, um, yeah. is going to be it's either like I mean, and they say, well, the NBA is a superstar, stu- a superstar driven league. Is like, yeah, it's a superstar driven league. But what are you going to do when? You keep the same superstars and you don't build any new superstars. Like, what what the fuck's gonna happen then? You know? You well, that's true. The Spurs. Yeah, no, but but you no, but, but you can say that that, <laughs> but that I mean, those guys were stars, though. I mean, they were they weren't like they weren't a bunch of nobodies, you know. They, no, they, Duncan's yes, the most powerful of all time, you know. No, they they were definitely you know, superstars. Manu and, yes, right. they were they were definitely stars. But on the level of like a but on the level but of like a Jordan not. or a LeBron or something like that, probably not. Um It's because they weren't flashy they weren't flashy. They were all pure fundamental players. They made the ball move and they made the game not exciting. But they won because right. they would out Hell, that, That's what Tim Duncan was called the big fundamental for that reason. You know, they would do fucking commercials where they try to get yeah, Tim Duncan like, to laugh and he's just like that that death stare look at and she like you know he ain't gonna laugh you know but shout out to Jeff Duncan man new Hall of Famer so yeah, like yeah. the thing so is like he big got in the Hall of Fame so that's awesome yeah no I'm yeah so him, glad to Kobe, see him in there Ben Wallace uh, Weber got in there uh, did you uh did you guys actually watch his speech No, nah, I didn't get a chance to watch it I didn't get a chance to watch it yeah yes I did. He didn't start playing until he was 14 years old. Yep. Dude, he was so good. So good, the speech was. Yeah. And, like, the funny thing about Tim Duncan is his personality is he's so, like, antisocial. Not antisocial. He's such an introvert. Like, he doesn't want to be out there. You can tell he's just trying to, like, go through the speech. But he's like, nah, I need to to do a speech. But he's like, I don't want to be up here. He does not like attention at all. Yeah, well, I mean... 
Yeah, most of I mean, no, that's not at some, all. Most people are, man. Most <laughs> people are like they 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 want to be very recluse and they want to, you know, they don't want the spotlight. I mean, obviously, you you play in the NBA, which you know, it's not the most popular sport in the world, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely in the top five. Um, you have more eyes on you than a lot of other sports, you know, definitely more than baseball and hockey. Uh, not as much as the NFL or, you know, international soccer, but you're up there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on you. Um, but that's where I think, like, the focus comes in. Like, he just knows, like, okay, in- fundamentally, I know how to play the game of basketball so I can, you know, you know, not focus so much on the cameras or the fans or anything like that, you know. I mean, you can even see it when he does, like, post-game, conf- post-game uh, pressers and things of that nature. Still very quiet reserved. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, on to the next yep. one. I think it's you again, Chip. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about the uh, <laughs> the rumor or conspiracy theory that uh, Michael Jordan's father was uh, murdered because of his gambling debt. Uh, so Michael Jordan's gambling debt was always an open secret among NBA fans. In fact, his retirement in 93 is thought by many to have been a secret suspension because of his betting woes. I disagree with that, and we'll talk about that uh, at a later time. Um, but uh, So when Jordan's father was shot dead in 93, seemingly by or at random by two men trying to rob him, rumors flew that the two were actually connected. However, the two killers later said they didn't know who James Jordan was at the time, only that they stumbled on a Lexus parked in the back roads of North Carolina and thought it was theirs for the taking. Hmm. Um, I mean, I can sort of believe that, to be honest, though. Um, that, like, that, them stumbling on Jordan's that could be a, a coincidence, but I mean, they don't know who James Jordan is. It's kind of hard in North Carolina. It's hard to believe that one hundred percent. So it's that's why it's kind of one of those yeah. iffy conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you can almost believe it, but then I mean, Michael Jordan in '93 is the biggest basketball star in the world. I mean, he's probably the biggest star in the world, like yeah. athlete in the world yeah. at that point. And I mean, he's all over TV. There's pressers. I mean, they've done all kinds of stuff about him, and you don't know who his dad is. It seems far fetched. It could be true, but it seems yeah, very far fetched. Um, and, and the fact that you know, and you look at it. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to say it's mafioso or anything like that but i mean and you know he had i mean he had a gambling habit he had an addiction um and a lot of times you know sometimes you know you bet the house and you know you lose it um so to me i'm thinking how much money did he lose you know or was the debt so bad that he couldn't repay pay it so in order to get to jordan they got to the father you know um, because there's the old saying, especially when it comes to people who, you know, owe you money, dead men don't pay, 
um and whenever you're whenever you're in that situation they're not going to kill you because if they kill you they're not going to get their money but they can hurt people they can hurt members of your family you know and make you want to give you a little bit of what they would call incentive to you know make sure that you get your money up you know so oh yeah for sure you know uh, there's there's two sayings about dead men dead men don't pay that's right and dead men tell no tales um so uh i mean at this point it, it i would say it's it's probably far-fetched to believe that jordan couldn't pay his debt maybe he just didn't pay it in the time that they wanted right you know uh per se uh there's all kinds of scenarios um that that could or, or could not revolve around this um but i, I would i would really say that it's it's far-fetched that these guys didn't know who james jordan was uh i would also say it may be a little far-fetched to say that they were connected to the mafia to murder him um at the same time you know i i think it probably was just something random you know they seen the lexus ran up on it tried to get it uh jordan's dad was there and they were like oh fuck you know we got caught bang bang uh but they knew who it was but i mean they still got caught in the end too so (laughs) if these were actually hired hands i don't think they would have got a true hired hand right how to make shit look like an accident or or, or not only that, they wouldn't have been caught because they would have been dealt with to begin with. And also, yeah. if even if they went, even if they did get caught and they went to court, I mean, if someone's smart enough to hire two, you know, hitman, they're hired, they're they're smart enough to get them a lawyer too. You know what I mean? Um, but nevertheless, so we're gonna move on from that one to again another. Uh, athlete considered to be one of the greatest of all time and we're going to talk about muhammad ali more more specifically sunny listing i'm sorry sunny liston taking a fall taking a dive for muhammad ali it's long been thought that sunny liston took a dive for muhammad ali then still fighting under his birth name of cassius clay when they fought for the second time in 1985 Ali's quote-unquote phantom punch knocked Liston down in the first round, despite barely connecting with the fighter. There are rumors of some kind of mafia involvement, and potentially that uh, Liston was so deep in debt and bet against himself. No investigation, however, proved that anything up up, up towards happened. And everyone involved denies the same. At worst, Sonny might have realized Clay was net, was going to beat him after suffer after uh, stuffing him out, and wanted no part of it, and took the dive himself. Um, I think we talked. I don't know. We, we didn't we didn't talk about uh, Sonny Liston uh, whenever we were talking about uh, Ali uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, because it was the whole thing about him beating, uh, uh, was it Foreman, uh, in an upset. Um, 
for, yeah. for this, mm-hmm. yeah. this one's interesting because you you you, you don't. It's, it's almost like you don't want to believe it, but at the same time, this was the 1960s. The mafia was still more um, involved with things. Um, I don't know as much. I don't know if it if they are as much now, um, but. But oh, 100%. No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are now because these boxers right. now but, control but, but, but back fight. in the 1960s, they, I mean, they pick and choose. I, I don't think no, Don King wasn't around back in the 1960s. If he was, he wasn't involved with the, the, the promotion promoting a boxing just yet. Um, but yeah, how do you guys feel about this one? You think it was a dive due to being in debt? Do you think it was a mafia thing? Do you think he bet on himself and t- took the dive so he can pay the debt? Or is it one of them situations where Muhammad Ali just went in there and fucked his world up and he was like, you know, I'm out. <laughs> like, what, what, what do you guys feel about this one? So, uh, Don King that's was what around. That's what I'm asking. Day. Was he around back yeah. then? Yeah. He was actually the promoter for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he started in... Oh, what was oh, it? Jeez, um, let's see. He actually uh, his career highlights include uh, promoting the Rumble in the yeah, Jungle right, and yeah. the Thriller right, in Manila. Then we go. Then, then we go. So, That's all I need to know. Yeah, uh, it says he's, uh, he was a boxer promoter okay. from the '54 on. Okay. Yeah, '54 till now. Um, but uh, I would. I personally think, have either of you ever gone back and watched any of Muhammad Ali's fights yeah. Uh, yeah. or anything? So have you seen this one? Yeah, this one where he clips him on, uh, clips him just enough on the chin. I think he's uh, not a fan of punch. I think the, the film obviously is not good, but he clips him on the chin and a button, what they call it in uh, MMA, where you get hit like right at the tip of your jaw and it knocks you out. Right. I, I Okay, so I don't think it was a phantom punch at all. I also don't think that it knocked him loopy. Uh, if you know anything about Sonny Liston, he he was uh, he was a gambler. He was in a bunch of trouble. He was in and out of jail. He had a bunch of run-ins with the law and everything. Um, so I can see how this could be considered uh, him taking a dive. Um, I think it. it I think the punch hit him just enough to knock him on his ass, but not enough to keep him from getting up. And he just decided, you know, hey, I'm not getting up. You know, when when I go down, I'm not getting up. And I've already bet on Ali to win. This is going to pay off everything. Or we're, I'm going to make it look good, but not, you know, right. obviously I'm not. He pretty much it. worked. <laughs> he didn't work himself into a shoot. <laughs> yeah. I, I... But yeah, um, he definitely. I mean, I, 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 was, I think he. No, I was saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, I think it wasn't a phantom punch. Like I said, uh, video back then wasn't really that good, so uh, I think that he did get punched and it didn't knock him down, like you say. But uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was a clean fight there was definitely some dirty underhanded shit going on whether you want to contribute it to the mafia whether you want to contribute it to just you know because there are some um 
I mean, there are some punches. I mean, you watch boxing matches and you've seen some MMA fights. There are some fights or there are some punches that you hit and it's like, Ugh. like that 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 that, I that didn't look like it would have knocked somebody out. But I mean, damn, he went down. He cold. Like you could tell by his eyes, there his eyes are glazed over. He got fucked up. Um, and then there's some where I've seen people get hit as hard as I've seen people get hit so hard. I've seen sweat like fly off their head and their fucking jaw moves is 14 feet to the left and then swings back and forth and they still up and fighting. And it's like, damn, either you the toughest motherfucker on the planet, dude's the weakest thrower of a punch or something on something's not on the up and up here. Which one is it? You know? Well, I mean, if sweat's coming off of him, he's getting hit hard enough to where, you know, he's getting hit hard right. enough where sweat's coming off of him. Right, yeah. So. But, um, yeah, I mean, it. yeah, it, I think it was not a clean fight. So, but I don't think, I also think it wasn't a phantom punch. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's my thing. I, I don't think it was a phantom punch, but I also don't think it was enough to, keep him down yeah it it definitely it definitely um i mean it it was a it wasn't enough to keep him down i don't think but then again with all the extra extenuating circumstances surrounding the fight who knows you know what i mean so that being said uh rog you want to go ahead and talk about this next uh, level of bullshit we fixing to talk about Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> number nine, Deflate Gate. I mean, a lot of if you know about football, you know about this. Um, but immediately after flattening the Indianapolis Colts forty-five to seven, entering yet another trip to the Super Bowl, the New England Patriots were accused of intentionally deflating their games balls to give themselves an advantage. A subsequent investigation found that the Patriots had indeed played with 11 or 12 allotted game balls deflated slightly. It was also apparent that the under-inflated balls had little to no effect on the game itself considering the score was 45-7. to 7. This one doesn't really make sense. I mean, who doesn't over, like, slightly uh, un- underflate or overflate their ball? Uh, Aaron Rodgers talks about how he um, makes his more overflated yeah. than he should. It's preference. Um, right. Yeah, I mean... That's, I, I was going to say, that's why each team has their own set of balls because the quarterback, uh, right? We'll, we'll just say, um, we'll take Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady may like six pounds of pressure in his ball, where Patrick Mahomes may like eight, may like eight pounds of pressure in his ball. So they're not going to use the exact right. same ball. Back and, and here's and the thing people also don't understand is that, you know, I mean, yeah, when a ball is deflated, like, Oh, this is NFL regulation with the, the pounce of square inch in the football. Okay, that's cool. Um, but the thing about it is, and people don't realize this, when you're playing football for a minimum of three hours, and yeah, and, and then they have multiple, uh, you know, footballs that they that they you know trade in and out on on games and things of that nature. But it's it, it's a it's a rubber pigskin, you know, leather fucking ball. With you know, and a air capsule inside of it that is going to lose pressure 
throughout the course of the game. You know, now if they use the same ball for, I mean, hell, they did it back in the day all the time when they only had one football. Uh, you know, when it was just, you know, you start off with, you know, 12 pounds, of, you know, pounds per square inch, but once you go to the end of the game, maybe it's like like eight, you know, seven, something like that. Um, but it's also preference, you know, like what Chip said, maybe it, maybe it feels better in your hand if it's more firm, or maybe it feels better in your hand when it's softer. It's easier for the receivers to uh, catch if it's if it's more uh, of a softball as opposed to it is to you know being more hard due to more air and maybe the maybe it's maybe it's better for the running backs because they can grip it better as they're going through you know as opposed to if it be if it's too overplated it could it could cause the grip to be less cause fumbles. I think it's go ahead. I think is that uh, if I was gonna say I think for the over or under inflation thing is uh, if uh, like gunslingers like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre they like there's overinflated they both said that it gives them uh, ability to throw it harder but like accuracy guys like Manning uh, Peyton and um, Tom Brady they underinflated because it makes it easier for them to grip and get that pinpoint accuracy on it so. The whole controversy thing was stupid. I mean, it's one of those things that the Patriots got caught doing, and then everybody did that one over. That one's like probably the only like quote unquote controversy yeah. they had. That I was like, yeah. eh, well, it's, it, it's, it's no different than the fucking yeah. sign stealing in, in the in MLB. Everybody fucking sign steals. The only difference is the Astros fucking got caught using technology to do it. Um, you know, which I mean. Whether you see through it, whether you see with your own eyes, or you see through a video camera, I mean, you're still seeing it. You're still stealing signs. It's stealing signs has been done since the fucking 1900s. We start, you know, since the start of baseball, you know. And I don't, I didn't think the Flake Gate was that big. I think the reason why the Flake Gate was as big as they wanted, they they wanted it to be big because. Let's be honest, man. At this point, everyone fucking hated the New England Patriots. They were sick of them winning all the time. You know, me as a Miami Dolphins fan, I, you know, hated the fact that the Patriots kept on going to the Super Bowl, you know, embarrassing us, you know, twice every year, you know. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, a Jets fan, or a Bills fan, then not every year. Most years. Most years we were embarrassed. Um, Not recently, recently, but yeah, most years we we got embarrassed a lot by New England. Um, Nevertheless, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're a fan of you know the, the the Jets, the Bills, or the Dolphins, then yeah, you're like, yeah, fuck them cheaters, you know, um, or whatever, you know. But did they really cheat? And did they really do anything that was any different than what any other team was going to do? Any other team has done? No, I don't think so. But cannot believe I just defended the fucking game. I am not know you're secretly a Patriots fan. Exactly. No. No. All right. 100%. Well, maybe you can wear a Tebow jersey next time. I can't wait for you to get that that, uh, new Tebow uh, Jaguars jersey. Hey, I'll. I'll buy a T. I'll be. I'll buy a Tebow number eighty-five Jaguars. Well, I was talking to Roger. But That's so gross. I was talking to Roger, <laughs> but nah, nah. Because I know you, Chip. You're gonna. You're gonna get a fucking uh, Arizona. <laughs> okay. You're fixing. You're fixing to go to the Kyler Murray dark side. All they gotta do is just pick up the Sean Watt. Boom, you're there. No, 
I will never go to the Kyler Murray dark side. <laughs> hey, I know that's uh, that's not the Kyler Murray dark side. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the Deshaun Watson dark side. Yeah, but anyway, stop, yeah, stop making said, me the butt we'll of the joke. The, the last one we're going to uh, talk about this evening. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to talk. We're going to actually talk about Jordan's quote unquote flu game. Wait, so, another basketball one? Another basketball one. That's seven so yes. far. Uh, <laughs> so, Game Five of the 1997 NBA Finals was one of Michael Jordan's most legendary performances in a career full of legendary performances. Fighting a nasty flu bug, Jordan scored 38 points and led the Bulls to a decisive win. But did Jordan actually have the flu? His personal trainer claimed that Jordan didn't have the flu. He actually had food poisoning caused by a dodgy pizza delivered in the middle of the night. Meanwhile, NBA commentator and former player Jalen Rose claims that Jordan was actually just hung over from a night of partying and that the NBA cooked up the flu story to cover for Jordan. The circumstantial evidence does not point in that direction. Indeed, Jordan looks like he's in agony when he is not on the court. And Jordan has never wavered from the fact that it was simply battling the flu. Um, okay, I, I don't see why the NBA would make up a story that he had the flu and wasn't hung over if he was hung over it's just like like that seems like it, also, also if he was hung over he would have sweated it out yeah yeah so like he would have been good by halftime so <laughs> I, I can see where it would be food poisoning uh more than it would be a hangover yeah i i mean the flu and food poisoning have a very similar uh, symptoms. I mean, obviously with the flu, you're going to get a high fever and everything, but food poisoning, you're just going to be throwing up lying on going to the bathroom a lot. So, right. Um, but you know, like, yeah, I can see it being one or the other. Yeah. I just don't, I, the, where Jalen Rose came up with the fact that Jordan was hung over. I, I would like to sit down with Jalen Rose and be like, Hey man, where do you like what evidence do you have or or what you know makes you believe that that Jordan was hung over not only that why would why that that would be like the only game ever of Jordan being hung over playing exactly like he did gamble like he would party with his boys before the game and like before games and stuff like that but at the end of the day he still knew he had to go out there and perform so yeah uh, tell him what what do you say about this one? Well, the picture that I'm looking at right now it shows him at he's very very he looks depleted. He looks like I don't know. He looks yeah, like a man like, I mean, <laughs> food poisoning. I've had food poisoning before, and the worst thing you get's the shits most of the time. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, I, I doubt it's food poisoning because he would have been going to the bathroom periodically throughout the game. They had to take him out so he can, go, you know, so he wouldn't shit himself on the court. Um, and the dodgy, say what? He could have been wearing a diaper. 
<laughs> he could have been wearing a diaper. A Not unless he's being sponsored. But anyway, um, just dump, just dump it on himself. He, he, he goes flying to the right. basket. <laughs> Air Jordan, take that, Reggie Miller. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that was part of his defense. <laughs> the the smell was part of his defense. Oh god, <laughs> that was a tongue sticking so out. Bad. Gross. Anyway, but no. Um, <laughs> damn, I lost track. Uh, um, but no. Um, it, the uh, the you, dog, you were going to talk yeah, about the dodgy pizza, pizza in the middle of the night. First of all, if someone's sending me a pizza in the middle of the night, fuck you, I ain't eating it. Okay. Um, I don't give a damn if it is Domino's. Mm-mm. What if, in the middle what of the if night? he ordered it? Like when you should be. Yeah. Yeah, because remember, they used to go to another town. I mean, he was partying. He was playing poker, playing poker with, his, with friends. his friends, drinking, smoking cigars, eating pizza. No wonder the motherfucker was sick. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know about me. He may. Uh, hungover, yeah. Because nowadays, if you tell somebody nowadays, oh, well, he's got the flu, then you're automatically ineligible to play. And they say ineligible due to illness, you know, whether it be the bug, you know, a stomach bug, whether it be um, whatever. Um, But can we honestly say that the quote unquote injury report or whatever or the, um, you know, game time decision, you know, thing, it wasn't as prevalent back in 1997 because let's face it, 1997, the NBA, Michael Jordan's the biggest star in the game right now. Um, 97, I believe, in the finals, that's when they played against Utah, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they had to, you know, I, I guess they just assume if you believe everything, um, Michael Jordan couldn't have, couldn't have, uh, stayed out, you know, or else it would have went to a game seven and who knows what would have happened. Um, but then again, this is Michael Jordan, you know, so, um, <laughs> But the fact of here's another thing, regardless of whether he was hungover, regardless of whether he was had food poisoning, where he actually had the flu, motherfucker still dropped thirty eight points on. So, however you want to spin it, he still dropped thirty eight. I'm just saying. I mean, sick, not sick, food poisoning, not food poisoning. Ate an ugly pizza in the middle of the night. Got hungover, drunk. Doesn't matter. He still scored. He still dropped. He still dropped that thirty-eight. Uh, ugly pizza. So, you know. That's all I'm gonna say. What's an ugly pizza? Did I say ugly pizza? Oh, you said ugly pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're gonna move on from there. Or do you guys want to? Uh, yeah, okay. Let's we're we're going to yeah. cut there. Uh, we'll do two part two and uh, next week. Bring up some more uh, sports related conspiracies. Yeah, we we have a this list is actually longer than more. Or no, well, no, we've done a twenty five er. Um, this one's got 21 things on the list, but, uh, 
yeah we're gonna yeah. save the other one for the next um because there's some really good ones on the second part of the list oh yeah and there's yeah. less basketball <laughs> I, you know, I bet we could we could have done a, we could have done a list of just NBA conspiracy theories, and it would have been just just as good, probably. I mean, we probably we probably can. That might be okay. an idea to do. Well, since we already talked about what yeah. eight of them, but you know what we don't notice a lot of on these lists is hockey. Say, sorry, say that again. Yeah, I mean, seven out of ten, seven out of ten. But I was like, you notice that there's not really a lot of yeah. hockey ones, right? Right. There's right. a reason behind that. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, that was the, that was the first ten on this uh, list of conspiracies. Um, I mean, it combines our favorite two of our favorite things: is sports and conspiracies, right. which yes. I hope you guys enjoy too. Um, but um, like we're telling you guys, definitely listen on this one. But after uh, when part two drops, there's definitely gonna be a lot more. Uh, more interesting and better thought out conspiracies, <laughs> <Right>. hopefully. <laughs> um, but no, I, like the, the second part of the list is actually way better, um, in my opinion, yeah, when I've gone through definitely, it. Definitely. Um, oh, that yeah. being said, um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of Something About Sports. Anything you guys want to say before we bounce out of here tonight? Um, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. And if you so happen to be listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. It does nothing for us monetarily, but it helps get our podcast out to a broader audience. Absolutely. Uh, anything coming to the Patreon channel, Roger? Um, we've got more um, battle topics and the uh, rap rewinds of Eminem's career. Um Next one up should be uh, Encore. That is right? correct. Yeah, yeah, Encore. Um, which I mean, we talked about in a recent other episode about, but we're going to go into further detail um, and break it down a little bit more, um, which is going to be really fun. Um, I, I listened to it the other day, and I didn't think was. It, I'm not going to say I, I, I like the album. I thought that was a solid album. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right. Uh, but also, um, I think, uh, now that it's summertime, um, sports are starting to dwindle down and everything. I think we're going to do, uh, start out doing more of a, a new, the new series of who you got. Um, yeah, I think we'll and, probably start that after the, uh, next episode of sports conspiracy theories drops. Yes. Um, and the premise is we're pretty much doing a bracket style, um, and trying to, figure out who is the who or what is the best of that category um there's like some examples are the best uh trios in football the best duos in basketball um we have what best wrestlers also yep. yeah, yeah yep. so maybe get ready for some fights guys no, no, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't gonna be a fight and and this and it's just a simple way it's it's we, we're, we're gonna do a two-to-one format um it's either either you advance by either all three of us agree or two of us agree and one disagree. Uh, and then we try to make our case for each and every one. If we could sway a vote, cool. If not, then, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you, we always go with the one that's, you know, the most, whether it's three Oh or two one, you know, kind of like battle rap, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you know, the guy's going to win just how bad he's going to win. How bad he's going to win. Um, that being said, 
It's a draw. It's a draw, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't push on this bracket shit. Anyway, so a couple of quick things we want to get out of here before, before we want to talk about before we get out of here. Shout out to our good buddy, Sean Thompson, over at Thompson Personal Training. $40 a session. You can't beat it. And we will be joining him tomorrow night, Friday, uh, May 28th. Um, for fight week, there's, there's a big fight going on at the, uh, at the Chad, at the, uh, first horizon pavilion in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right off of uh, Reggie white Boulevard. Uh, a lot of good fights going to be on the card tonight. Uh, come out represent for the city of Chattanooga. There's going to be a lot of great fights that night. Uh, we will be there. Uh, movement radio will be in the house along with our buddies, uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the chronic conversation podcast. They're also going to be there as well. Um, also shout out to, uh, uh, Drew and Sean over at the Warrior Workout Network. They're doing good, they're doing good stuff over there. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Unleash Demon. Go check out our buddy Ivan Montanez and all his content over there. And once again, we cannot say this enough. Thank you, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for all the, the likes and the shares and the comments and the, mes- the messages and everything. Uh, it, it blows my mind that, you know, you guys still rock with us and – you love the content and we appreciate you guys so much. So thank you. We will see you guys next time on another episode of something about sports chip. Let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like comment, share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos, patreon.com. And once again, movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.